Welcome to the Eternity's Viewpoint Podcast with Pastor Lauren Richmond Sr. Our prayer is to provide you with simple, understandable teachings from Scripture on how to live a life of faith in view of eternity. Here's this week's episode. Hello, this is Lauren Richmond Sr. with our first Eternity's Viewpoint podcast. I want to thank my son in advance for helping me to get this started. It's something that he does, and it's something that I've wanted to do for a while, and I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself challenged uh, electronically or media-wise, but COVID has certainly changed things. What I'm going to do to start out with on this podcast is to give you a little bit of a biographical sketch about who I am, because I think uh, once you get to know me a little better, you'll understand certain certain things you're not going to hear from me, and in the way, perhaps uh, along the line of sports, how I tie into that because of my uh, love for athletics and having been involved through the coaching, the referee side, as well as running and athletically as well. So uh, anyhow, that's what's going to be happening, and I will be sharing that with you today. So uh, what I want to do, first of all, is just give you a little bit about myself, and we'll go from there, and then we'll try to tie some things in. First of all, I want to thank the Lord Jesus Christ that I know him personally as my Lord and Savior, made a decision, grew up in a Christian home in upstate New York, in actually a town called Friendship, New York, in uh, made a decision for Christ when I was 17, even though I had thought before that that I might have been saved, but I made sure of that at the age of 17, accepting Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior at the Bill Rice Ranch in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and went on to go to Cedarville College in Ohio for one year, and then finished out at Baptist Bible College in Springfield, Missouri. So anyhow, uh, let me just share a little bit about that. I was a four-sport uh, four athlete in high school, so certainly sports was my thing. I know my mom, is a, when I was a child, I had a, uh, convulsions and had to learn how to speak all over again, started out stuttering, struggled in that area. At one point, they said, well, you know, he probably, he may not live until three, but if he does, he'll be okay. And so certainly my mom dedicated me to the Lord, and she said, Lord, if you'll allow him to live, I'll give him to you to be a preacher. Well, that wasn't my plan. That was my thoughts, but God had other plans and thoughts, and God honored my mom's request. And uh, while I went to Cedarville College with the idea of going into coaching, uh, God ended up calling me to preach, and as a result of that, I gave up the sports end of things, and you know what? God turned around and gave them back to me. So I've had the opportunity over my years to run the Boston Marathon four times. I've run many ultra marathons. I I think probably the best uh, thing that I've ever accomplished in the running realm was to, in 1994, to win the Colorado USA track and field 24-hour championships in the master's division, was able to run 100 miles in 24 hours in Sheffield State Park, and that 
gave, that's not a big deal anymore, but at that particular time, it was a big honor for me, and it gave me the opportunity to be listed in the uh, Ultra Runner magazine, top 100 runners in North America for 24 hours and for 100 miles. So that was a blessing. I've attempted probably my biggest disappointment in the athletic realm is attempting to run Leadville on numerous occasions. And the best I was able to do was I was able to get 95 miles in before I ran out of time. At another time, had injury issues when I was able to get 76 miles in. So it has been a struggle over the years to uh, always complete the things that you'd like to complete. And uh, you don't give up on trying, but finally you come to reality, well, maybe there's just some things that you're not meant to do. But I would say the most important thing in my life is knowing Christ as my Savior. And, you know, as we're uh, having a little problem here, we've got a dog that's trying to bother me while I try to record this, so... Hopefully he'll give up on it a little while. Um, so that has been one thing that is something that's always driven me. I've, I, as I mentioned, in high school, I played four sports for four years. I ran uh, track. We didn't have a cross-country team. I ran, uh, I played soccer, basketball, and baseball at Friendship Central School, then went on to Cedarville College where I walked on to run track and the cross country. And uh, God bless me in that one particular year, we were uh, able to go to the NAIA Division Three National Championships. I placed 149th at the Nationals. Always thought, you know, maybe there's an opportunity to make the top 50 and become an All-American, but uh, that didn't happen. So I ended up uh, transferring to Baptist Bible College and. Springfield, Missouri, and God had other plans for me. I uh, graduated from Baptist Bible College in 1974 and went to Long Island to work with Bob Adrian at the what was initially the Long Island Baptist Temple. From there, went over to work at the Queens Bible Baptist Church, and then for a short period of time, my wife and I went down to Woodbridge, Virginia to work in a church, which Turned out to be bankrupt, so we weren't there very long. We came back and ended up taking over uh, what was Queens Bible Baptist Church. There had been some difficult times there. We changed the name of the church to Victory Bible Baptist Church and was there for 10 years, and then God let us, actually, God brought some very rough things into our life, and as a result of that, we ended up merging our church with All Nations uh, Baptist Church in uh, Wood, uh, well, it wasn't in Woodhaven, Queens then, it was in Elmhurst. And from there, we uh, came back to my wife's home, which was in Denver, Colorado. And we were there from 1991 until in 2001, we were able to start East Denver Bible Baptist Church. And that all came about as a result of a Thanksgiving outreach, which we started in 1998, and that in itself is a story. God has been amazing. He has enabled us to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Anything that we've ever accomplished uh, has, because, has been because of the grace of God. There's no way else to look at it. Some of the things that God lays on our hearts to do, uh, 
just wouldn't be possible without his help. And it's truly been amazing how he's moved in. I, I will say this, my wife has been uh, the brains behind everything as far as the uh, food bank's concerned, the outreach that we do. I come up with the ideas, but she makes it happen. And I think Charlie Lyons, in the Tribune years ago, he said, uh, he called my wife the make it happen lady, and I'd say that's what she is. And of course, any of you that uh, love your spouse, you know exactly what we're talking about. They, they're the ones that enable us to do the things that we're able to do, and without their help, it just wouldn't be possible. They take all the blame, and we generally get the credit, but I want to thank God for how he's helped us and how he's enabled us. So wanted to share a little bit about that. Uh, as far as the sports realm, when, I, when we moved in New York City, from New York City in 1991, we came out and spent a number of years living uh, initially with uh, my wife's parents here because we were pretty much uh, burnt out and uh, broke and ended up being there for a short period of time until we were able to finally purchase our first home, and that happened in... I think somewhere around uh, 2000, or excuse me, I'm sorry, 1995, we got a small home in Denver, and then 2005 years later, we were able to get something larger. And so, you know, it's amazing how God works, how he works and enables us to do the things that we do. So that's something that we're grateful for. I would say that one thing that I would encourage each of you is, first of all, make sure that you know the Lord is your Savior. Uh, there isn't anything better than that. There isn't anything more important than that. The Bible says, John 3:16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I think if we look on the, on the area of works, uh, Paul said it himself. He says, you know, I've, I've uh, been this. I've been the best of the... the uh, Pharisees, I've, I've done this thing and that thing, and I've been zealous in all the good things that I've done. I've done them as well as anybody. The whole idea with that is oftentimes we like to brag about ourselves, but the reality is that we need to brag on God. And it's not wrong to use the platform that God gives you to share the good news of the gospel with others, but... Uh, certainly, we need to acknowledge him and give him the credit for whatever it is that we accomplished because it wouldn't be possible without his help. So that's the big thing. I would say that, as I said, in 1969, on August 16th, 1969, I bowed my head and accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior at a um, camp at the Bill Rice Ranch in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, I was so interested in sports. In fact, one of the goals in life I had as a child growing up in upstate New York was to be able to run the Boston Marathon. And, you know, oftentimes, uh, specifically, when God calls you to do something, uh, we often hear the thing that, well, you know, if you're going to do this for God, you're going to have to give up everything else. Well, we need to be willing to give up everything else, but God also knows what our uh, strengths and our weaknesses are. And what God did to me was he gave me back my running. I had a foot injury at Cedarville 
But God enabled me to uh, heal that foot. God enabled me to come back and run and gave me the opportunity in 1973 to run my first Boston Marathon. And then I was able to run three others in 92, 93, and 94. I've ran, as I mentioned, 100-mile races. I've run 100-kilometer uh, races. I've run 60- and 50-kilometer races. And I, as I mentioned, 24-hour races as well as some other uh, races. Uh, I remember doing a 12-hour race around the track in Long Island. I did nearly 61 miles. I think it was 18th, the uh, U.S. Uh, champion in the uh, that category, the 12-hour thing. I think he. I think at one point he had run a thousand miles in a race, and he was the U.S. champion. And I was able to run the same race he was in, and I fa finished 18th. So certainly enjoyed. I guess you say enjoyed doing that. I remember when I was working in one hospital where it was mentioned to, to me that, uh, you know, we've got a room down the hallway for people like you. So, and that wasn't a good thing that was mentioned there, but, you know, you got to be crazy to do those things. But there's a lot of things you can le learn from that. And I want to give you a little bit of that right now. In uh, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, it says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about, with say a great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before us endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So we need to keep on running the race. But let me say this. In 1973... When I first qualified to run the Boston Marathon, it happened in Columbia, Missouri. I was running a 30-kilometer uh, Missouri Valley AU championship race, and that was a time before you had to complete a marathon in order to qualify for Boston, and so I was able to do that. I ended up placing fourth and found out I had qualified and so it gave me the opportunity to come to Boston and run the Boston Marathon a month later. And there was a lot of things I didn't know how to do properly back then. I remember not taking in enough fluids, actually losing nearly 20 pounds in the Boston Marathon, uh, just being in horrible shape when I finished it. had blood blisters about the size of silver dollars in my, on the bottom of my feet and uh, just horrible running shoes, all of those type things. But, and not drinking enough fluids, but I was able to complete the race. And one thing I thought about it, you know, there's a lot of people would like to be able to run the Boston Marathon, but the reality is this, you have to qualify. And there's a lot of people that like to be able to go to heaven, but let me make this statement. But to be able to do that, you have to have made a decision to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You don't just one nor... You don't just one t day walk into heaven and think that's the way it works. The Bible says, For by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. So the way that we get to heaven, first of all, is understand that the Bible tells us in Romans 3.23 that for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God doesn't matter what kind of a person I am, I am still a sinner. I'm a pastor, 
but I'm still a sinner. And so each of you that are listening today, whether you're saved or lost, you are a sinner. The Bible says there's not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're also, we learn where we came from and where sin come from. In Romans chapter 5 and verse number 12, it says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And then in Romans 6 and verse 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death. Now, if we work a job, we earn payment for the work that we do. But the Bible says the payment that we owe, earn for our sin, it might be a evil thought, it might be a something that we say that we shouldn't say, it might be something that we do that we shouldn't do, or it might be something that we should do and we don't do, but all of those sins, they add up. The wages of sin is death, not just physical, but in Revelation 20, verses 14 and 15, it says, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So that's where we deserve to go. But the Bible says the good news is the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord. Now, how do we receive that gift? Well, in Romans 5, 8, it says, But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So Jesus Christ dying on the cross in our place. He paid the price. He took the penalty for our sin. In Romans chapter 10, verse number 9, it says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. In verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. Now, someone might say, well, you know, I've, I've done some pretty good things. In fact, oftentimes we have, and for 23 years now, done this Thanksgiving outreach. I'll guarantee you that the reason a lot of people help us out at Thanksgiving is because they think they're getting bonus points or they're earning their way to heaven. Well, the reality is that, that we can't buy our way, we can't... Uh, do good works enough to get ourselves into heaven. And so those, none of that is going to work for us. But what we've got to do is be willing to put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's just a simple thing of maybe praying a simple sinner's prayer. God, be merciful to me, a sinner, and save me for Jesus' sake. Or just somehow praying in your own words and saying, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know I've not done good things, but I am asking you to forgive me. I do believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sin, and I'm asking him to come into my life and save me and take me to heaven when I die. If you do that, God will save you. He will give you that eternal life. Well, I'm going to let that go for now today. I thank you for listening. I'll try to share some more next time, and we'll just continue to get into some other things. Nothing's going to be um, very deep theologically, but we're just going to try to share some simple truths and some thoughts that we have on life and trust that we would keep eternity's values in view. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to the Eternity's Viewpoint podcast with Pastor Lauren Richmond Sr. 
We pray this has been a blessing to you in your spiritual journey. Help us share this message with more people by subscribing and leaving a review. To learn more about the podcast or connect with Pastor Lauren, visit EternityViewpoint.com. That's EternityViewpoint.com. The Eternity the Viewpoint podcast is produced by Resonate Media in partnership with East Denver Bible Baptist Church. Do you have something to say? Are there people who want or need to hear from you? Have you always wanted to start a podcast but don't know where to start? Welcome to Resonate Media, where our mission is to amplify you. At Resonate Media, we focus on helping underrepresented voices and aspiring podcasters get started by providing equipment, expertise, and experience to help you launch a podcast. To get started, visit ResonateMediaPro.com. Don't let the confusion, complications, and costs of hosting, recording, editing, and distribution hold you back. The world needs to hear what you have to say. Resonate Media can help your voice be heard.